I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And, and this, this is, is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95, and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses, too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And... I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to warbyporkertrial.com slash kiki. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. So sorry. To get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. Hi. Hello. We're back. I know. It feels like a while. It's the first time we're recording at home in a month. Yeah, it's been a while. Right? Because we recorded in Vegas when yeah. we were with Favi. That was cute, though, that soundproof room. That was fascinating. I've never seen that in a library in New York. So, right. So we recorded at the uh, the East Las Vegas mm-hmm. Library in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, and they had a whole, uh, like, sound studio mm-hmm. slash green screen area they they basically had i don't know like um, like a studio like a, a multimedia studio yes basically. thank you thank you for Cause the like like you said there was the filming area then there were some kids at a like i guess a big mixing board like mixing songs and stuff like that and then there was like the soundproof booth which yeah. you could use for you know anything really it was very interesting yeah. and i think they also had a bunch of instruments like i think everything you needed for like a whole band probably I noticed there were like drums and a guitar and stuff. Hmm. So I feel like that was set up for like someone who was going to come in there after us. So, uh, but I, I just, I think it's fascinating that there, and I'm sure this is happening across the country. I just, it was, it was amazing to see kids at the library, not being told to be quiet. Like Mm -hmm. we walked into the library and you could hear kids laughing and, and like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I guess they were at, the computer lab or they, they i mean were, there there were so many things at that library yeah like it was very interesting it just the the level of engagement was really high mm-hmm. and i and i really i liked seeing that that yeah. the kids were excited to be at the library mm-hmm. you know um but um yeah that was it was very interesting yeah um so we told every we we talked about our 
trip to Las Vegas mm-hmm. with Favi when we recorded in Las Vegas. But that happened basically halfway through our trip. Yeah, we had like two and a half days left or something like that. Do we want to talk about anything that happened after after Favi left? It feels very I'm, wicked. I'm like, trying to think. I don't know. The only, The thing that sticks with me is that it took us 40 minutes to get from our hotel to the taxi stand when we were leaving. But I felt like we were fleeing a burning ship, hmm. honestly. Well, first and foremost, I want to say Las Vegas was way more fun when Favi was there. So I know. Again, I know we've thanked him a million times, but like seriously, we had such yes. a good time with him. He is the best tour mm-hmm. guide that you know like yeah. he really he should be yeah. training people however if you're ever so blessed as to be um tour guided <laughs> by favi uh buy really good sneakers true because she packs a, like schedules packed well yes schedule is packed but also the distances are just yeah so... but i'm saying like it was just it was i mean it in the best way actually like it was just really amazing mm-hmm. um to have him you know showing us and taking us to places that probably would have taken us forever to find or we would have been so confused we wouldn't have thought of it um but i really uh i really did appreciate it because there was a lot of fun stuff that we did yeah um yeah and we did some fun stuff after yeah um we went to co which was amazing i mean it was really cool it was really darn cool it was like I just, I was trying to figure out how it worked, like a carousel in the water and uh, just, I don't know. Like, I, I love that the performers weren't off stage; They were underwater. Like, that was their off stage, you know? Um, right. And it was just really beautiful. I, I still can't get over that the stage managers are uh, scuba divers, basically. Mm-hmm. Isn't That's that crazy? really fascinating. I love when they brought them up at one point, like, you know, when it was like something was supposed to be like drained mm-hmm. and they were just like in their scuba gear, like flapping on the stage <laughs> like fish. And then they disappeared. I think I underneath again. So I fell asleep for a large part of O because I was just the entire trip. I was very tired. Mm-hmm. So if we sat in a dark room for more than five minutes, I was going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And the, the worst of it was when we went to see O. Yeah, it was really, really bad that night. And that's no reflection on the show. The show was uh, it was amazing, and I was disappointed in myself mm-hmm. that I was as tired as I was. Um, but. Um, I, I feel like we should go see it again. Oh, I would t- I would see that should... again. I would see Ka again. Oh my God, Ka was amazing. Um, I don't think we talked about Ka when we were uh, when we podcasted with no, Bobby. It's amazing. Look up the clips online. It's really just wild. Yeah, it's a really cool show. But there's so many. Like I want to see Mystere. I want to see uh, La Rev, which I heard is amazing. It's not a, a Cirque show, but um, Love. Love. Oh, I know the Beatles one. I'm not a big beat. I'm not a Beatles fan at all, actually. But it looks really cool. Yeah. So when we got back from Las Vegas, we watched Worlds Away, mm-hmm. which is a Cirque du Soleil movie that has components from different shows. And there were a couple of scenes from Love, and mm-hmm. there were a couple of scenes from Mystere in the movie, yeah. and so it it increased our interest mm-hmm. in in that. Yeah. So, um, but it has been interesting to be back. And it was also interesting to go back to work and be told that I seemed calmer and relaxed coming back from a vacation. Mm -hmm. Because that's never happened to me before. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess because normally when we go on vacation, we're going to visit my family. And there's nothing, there's nothing relaxing about that. (laughs) No, there's not. (laughs) 
Um, but I mean, I was waiting you know. for your counterpoint. Oh, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like visiting. It's okay like, not to have one. It's okay not to have one. Listen, going to visit your family is not going to the spa. Nope. Like that's just you know. Yeah. Talking to your family is not like going to the spa. Yeah. Like no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's I a did, reason I don't live. In I did there not come back feeling under arrested. their roof anymore. I felt stressed and confused well you got a lot going on i do i do have a lot going on which i probably shouldn't talk about right now but no. we'll talk about that in a few weeks yes um it's all good yes actually but it's very exciting but stuff. it's it's been a bit of a yeah it's, it's been an interesting two, two weeks yes. i think yes. um but other than that i mean you know back in new york dealing with the train i kind of don't think about it i'm on like autopilot again yeah um, but i was on a train today and we got stuck between stations and i wanted to pace up and down and i couldn't so i was like rocking back and forth it was very it was very strange because normally when the train gets stuck i just find a way mm-hmm. to entertain myself and right now i forget what what company there's some company that does all these these uh like sleep puzzles on the train oh okay so they have uh, I don't know what the word is for the type of puzzle that they have there, but they're like word puzzles where they have a picture of something and then you subtract letters from it and it becomes. Oh, oh, there like was that. that like um, that emoji, like um, remember that emoji game. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Kind of like that. I don't remember what it was called. But yeah. anyway, I don't even like I get to work in the mornings and I know I leave the apartment to mm-hmm. do that, but I don't, you know, unless something really noteworthy happens from the time I leave the front door to the time I get to work, I don't remember how I get to work. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Like the whole experience of it. It's like, I couldn't tell you, Oh, today was different or whatever. Cause I'm just like busy doing something mm-hmm. on my way to work. And I'm very, you know, like tunnel vision about it. Mm-hmm. It's probably not good. Yeah. But I just remembered something completely random on my way to work today. There was a, like a very well-dressed couple sleeping mm-hmm. on a mattress, basically in uh, in front of the bus stop. What? It, it almost seemed like an art installation because it looked so out of place. And it was strange because people kept driving by and like slowing down to stare at this couple. But they were just like, they were cuddling on a mattress. It just, I I, I just remembered that when you were talking about commuting and I remember thinking it was strange, but I also, I mean, we live in the city where everyone minds their own business. That's so really interesting. I was trying not to stare or make it seem like I was, you know, I, I was like definitely not taking a picture of this, but it just, it was bizarre to me. Um, especially, uh, it was under the 59th street bridge. So I don't know. It was, I, it was just very bizarre. I, I wonder if anybody else saw it. Um, do we want to talk about anything else that's happened since we've come back? Or should we just jump into this interesting article? I'm trying to think. I I don't know. I, I mean, I, like there's stuff I would love to talk about, but I can't. Oh, <laughs> so, not that. Oh, that. Um, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. So we're just, we're going to, we're going to talk about some articles today. Yeah. Um. So... One of the things we read about is that Amsterdam is currently um, policing male sex workers in the windows in the red light district for a change when it has almost always just been female sex workers that are displayed in the windows Mm -hmm. for um, the public. And they're they're doing this to not just celebrate uh, pride in Amsterdam, but also to 
bring awareness to the fact that sex workers come in all, you know, um, shapes and sizes. Shapes and, well, I, I guess, but it's kind of like that there are male sex workers too, you know, and male sex workers, at least from, from what I read, seem to have been uh, relegated to different parts of the city. Mm. And so um, there is a, a, a nonprofit brothel and sex worker advocacy group called My Red Light that is not only doing this so that there's uh, more of a variety of sex workers for people to partake of in the mm-hmm. red light district, but also um, to highlight the need for greater legal protections for sex right. workers. So while there are certain countries and cities like Amsterdam where sex work is legal, it doesn't mean that should something happen to them, you know, violence or, or something like that uh, be inflicted um be inflicted upon them by a client or a random person in the street, it doesn't necessarily mean that the police are going to take the same amount of care and um, diligence in investigating the cases. Right. So that's a large part of why they're doing this. I'm not really sure how how that's working because mm-hmm. it's not clear, but this seems to be a part of it. What I read from this article was that there there's protection for the sex worker, but it's still illegal for the customer. But feel free to tell me if I read that wrong. Uh, no, no, I don't think no because no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought I read that. In I there. mean, that's in this country in those places where it's legal. It's a weird thing. So in uh, in Nevada, where it is legal, in in whatever counties it's legal, it's legal for the sex worker, but the but for the customer, it's still illegal. I get, yeah, I, it's a little fuzzy. I'm not 100% sure about that. I know that, and I also know that there was legislation mm-hmm. uh, introduced that I think, where I think that was, like, those were the terms that oh, would become legal for the sex worker. What you were reading is that, so some states in this country, if you're caught participating in sex work as the sex worker, you get, you get charged with a felony, mm-hmm. and the, um, the the Johns or the customers the customer get added to a sex offender registry. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which is like that's just not right. Yeah, I mean it, we we rarely t- I think feel like we rarely talk about it on the podcast but, you know, they should legalize sex work. Yeah, I, I mean, was I, after I read this article this morning, I was I was thinking about uh about how like there's that, you know, the the oldest uh profession like the, that's that's what the that's like a um, like a cute little way of referring to sex work mm-hmm. is that it's the oldest profession. And yet look at all of the advancements in other areas that have been made in, you know, mm-hmm. in, in technology and in media. Well, and, and, and sex yet, work is sex work is still illegal. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's like I I feel like it really takes states and the country understanding the profit that can be made from something that they've considered to be like how they have to find out how they can swing it. So it's profitable for, for, for the the state and the country before they'll decriminalize it. But it's like, it, it actually, I feel like takes so long for that process to take place for them to be like, Oh, this is how we're going to make it work before they decriminalize something where if you just decriminalize it 
and afford sex workers the same protection that you would have in any other work environment, then you're just going to make money. Right. You know, like they, I mean, and, 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 like, I don't think there's any shame in sex work and nobody should. And honestly, if you do think there is, then who cares? Um, because if, if, you know, if your body is yours and you're choosing to do this, then who, like, who cares? Like, right. nobody penalizes me because I'm choosing to go work at a gallery every day. Right. And I'm using my body to do that. I pick up the pieces. I move them. Like, that's using my body in a way that I am consenting to. Right. So what's the problem with this? Exactly. You know, I feel like this would lead to less, um, you know, people like pimping out other people. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like really, you know, when you sex hear the, trafficking. sex trafficking, thank right. you, you know, where, where somebody is basically being uh, beholden to somebody else and having to, you know, perform in like a uh, uh, sex trafficking. Exactly. That's what it's thank called. you. Yeah. Sex trafficking. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows what that is. Why yes. am I defining it? Um, but yeah, I think it would lead to a lot less of that. Because it it is not only it, it it's giving um oh, God Almighty legal permission it's giving validation yeah. to the you know yeah, the, to somebody having agency over their own body right like you know and and people like Cory Booker and Kamala Harris have already you know stated that they do support some degree of decriminalization and that coming on the heels of um. Uh, legislation is being introduced in Washington, D.C. and New York to further, you know, to actually begin the decriminalization of sex work, I think is a, a step in the right direction because I think then, you know, there will be real protections for sex workers right. across the board, which there aren't now, obviously. Right. I mean, I, I, I think it's shitty that in the meantime, we have SESTA-FOSTA, which is essentially taking away all of these underground resources that sex mm -hmm. workers have yep. to keep themselves safe. Uh, and you know, we're, we're seeing that in, uh, basically the, the, um, the, the end of, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on the name Tumblr? of the site? Tumblr. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ending of Tum. I mean, a lot of, I, I, we even talked about it on here that it was like the end of, uh, of like guerrilla porn. Mm -hmm. Right. But it was more than that. It was the spread of information for a lot of, a, a lot of sex workers, mm -hmm. a lot of trans individuals, a lot yeah. of non- binary folks were were going to uh tumblr, tumblr for for all of this stuff and they had been for years mm -hmm. so they created a safe space at least i mean it seemed like a safe space but. yeah i'm very tired of this country romanticizing like wholesomeness mm -hmm. the wholesome family that has two and a half children and um and uh and goes to church on Sunday yeah. and, and all that. But like secretly the dad is, you know, hiring sex workers mm -hmm. on the down low or whatever. Like that's I mean, the thing that, is that, that same dad is the thing about it is like we we ha we we celebrate whole wholesomeness in air mm -hmm. quotes. Right. Because what does that even mean? Right. Yeah. It's a it's a Vaseline on the lens. Well, I think. If you look at it in the context, like if we were to look at wholesomeness in terms of food, right? Mm -hmm. You would look at wholesomeness as um, a, like a wholesome meal, as something that is nourishing and is like good fuel, I guess. Yeah, and white. Well, I mean, have you never, it's like, you know, white foods. Mm, I guess. I guess my interpretation of what wholesome looks like in terms of a meal doesn't include a lot of white foods, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but my like whole point, you're stepping on my point right now with the biggest shoes you've ever worn. Um, Big shoes. <laughs> shoes. Um, the, looking at wholesomeness in the context of that and then comparing it to the way people uh, fra- like frame wholesomeness in society mm-hmm. and and celebrate it, it's frustrating because... If we, I think if we had more, more married men who were like, oh, I occasionally hire a sex worker because, you know, maybe my wife doesn't like giving blowjobs. What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. If, if, if everyone is okay, even if everyone isn't okay, it's none of my business. But like, if we had more examples of that and maybe we wouldn't look at it the way that we look at it, maybe we wouldn't Mm -hmm. demonize it the way that we do, you know, but at the end of the day, sex workers deserve to get paid. And they also deserve to be protected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm very curious about sex work to the point where I almost want to hire a sex worker and see, you know, what that entails. Like what, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I, I've Hmm. never, it's never, it's never been something that like, I've never been a customer. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious as to how, what I would learn from being a customer of a sex worker. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder about it. It's a profession. It's a professional. Right. You know? Right. Hmm. I just I feel like you learn stuff from from being on the other side of of that. <laughs> and maybe I cuz I do have, you know, there's residual uh like shaming. Mhm. That, you know, I have to check when I think about stuff like this. And so I I wonder what I would learn and how I would grow from something like that, yeah. you know? It would like all wash away. Maybe. Maybe. I maybe don't know. Not. Hmm. Let's, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> well, anyway, here's to uh, here's to progress and legalizing sex work. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we've got some some other articles to talk about. So stick around, or we'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert, and I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back and we're going to talk about something that upset us both, I'd say. Mm. Um, We're actually going to talk about two things that upset us back to back. So I'm sure that most of you have heard about this model named Carissa Pinkston. And uh, Carissa Pinkston recently walked in uh, a Savage X Beauty or Savage X Fenty uh, runway show. And she's been getting a lot of attention for it. Um, But she I don't think even she could anticipate the amount of attention she would get. No. So <laughs> she obviously didn't. So in May, wow. posting on di- under a different name, um, she posted statements such as being transgender does not make being transgender. Being transgender does not make you a woman. It makes you simply transgender. Following that with if transgender women can say they're women, I can reclaim my virginity. And so so these are out there. And it wasn't until, like you said, when she walked for this, you know, show that people were paying more attention to her social media. 
And come the end of July, when, you know, she became a little more present, uh, people obviously went through her social media and they found these gems mm. and called her out on it. Yeah. And they're, but they're from May. Yeah, they're from May. But, you know, like, who was she in May? She even had a different name on, on her Instagram and stuff in May. So, like... But that was, like, three months ago. Yeah. People go digging. No, I know, I know. I'm not saying they shouldn't oh. go digging. I just... I'm, I'm like... I don't know. You're I'm, saying how how is it so recent, but it it didn't make a a splash then? Is what you're saying? No, not at oh. all. I'm saying, um, I I I know what has taken place after where we I, we should keep talking about what we're talking about. I'm thinking about the fact that she has apologized for these statements and some of the other things she's done, and yet this happened in May. Mm-hmm. Like, so you haven't you you saw this anyway let's let's she wasn't going to apologize for anything because at the time that she posted this she didn't think it was wrong so somebody hadn't called her out let's continue with the chronology because my my mindset on this will make more sense once we so anywho (laughs) um okay so she got all sorts of heat um for posting these things uh, she deleted them, of course, as most people do. It, honestly, right. just leave the shit there because it's already there. Right. Like, I get it. Like, you want to scrub, but, like, it's there. Yes. So, like, stop erasing your history, good, bad, or otherwise. Like, I, I just, I realize I have a big problem with that. Absolutely. Because it's like, just retract your statement or apologize your statement by saying, I retract what I said. I'm sorry for what I said. And I shouldn't have said it, but leave it there because you need reminders like that or you're going to do the same shit again. Right. So that being said, Queer Walk also has an excellent episode about learning in public. Mm -hmm. So subscribe to them and check them out. So on July 22nd, Pinkston came out as transgender on her social media. And she said, I wasn't ready to come out about it yet, but today I got fired and I've been receiving hate mail and death threats um i'm transgender i transitioned at a very young age and i've lived my life as a female ever since five days later (laughs) she backtracks can i just say real quick i knew that something was not right because she used the term female instead of like i like the 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 context that she used it i feel like you could have put the word woman in there and it would have given it would have um given her more um humanity i just i have a problem with using the term female in place of woman yeah but i mean what she's communicating makes sense um so five days later she said that she panicked and thought that if she came out as trans she could somehow make things better for herself but it only made things worse um i'm truly sorry i'm only 20 (laughs) and i'm human and i make mistakes but i refuse to let them define me so she said the only reason she lied in the first place was because she was receiving death threats um, and she was scared. So she thought they would accept her only if she said I was trans. And this is the part where I call bullshit on right. her. Well, in addition to all this, so when she says, I got an experience of what a transgender person goes through. Didn't she say, I, I read that she said something before that about how she had to stuff her bra be- so okay so that and that 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 gave her the experience of being which, trans as no well? like they were making fun of her in school because she was flat chested right how first of all how does getting death threats for for lying about being transgender 
right? Well, no, 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 no. Oh, for, for, for saying... For saying transphobic stuff. Exactly. That's where the how, hate mail came in. How And then how even more... That... The funny thing is even more hate mail came in from people who knew her well, after she came out as trans. Well, and that's that's what I, I, I kind of love about this is that, like, you never know when somebody that you knew, you know... Way you know, way back when is going to see your shit on the internet and say, "Oh, hold on a minute, no, 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 like right. this is not cool," because it was the same woman who not only retweeted her comments from May and June. It it was the same woman who. So she brought the comments to light, and, and then, then when she came out as trans, was like, it was the same hold woman. On. Exactly, because she went and did research, and she's like, I knew this girl growing up. We went to high school together, and I knew she wasn't trans, but I had to check with everybody that we knew. And when I 100% knew she wasn't trans, that's when I called her out, because this is not correct. Wow. Um, but what I was going to say is that how does receiving death threats for making transphobic comments mirror the violence or even come close to to being anywhere near the violence that trans people experience on a daily basis in this country and probably all over the world right how like it's comments like that that just really pissed me off because it's like you're you're grasping you're grasping at everything you can and you're not smart enough or thoughtful enough to realize that you're being stupid this is stupidity at play here absolutely like I think her saying that was her defending her actions again. Also, if you're if you're a trans person, why did you make those comments? Unless you're trying to convince people that you are Well, she you know, framed it she framed it as if it was her insecurities about being trans mm-hmm. that caused her to make those comments. It's just that's not no, that's not you just say I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all like really that would have you probably would you know could have gotten your job back she probably would have yeah she probably would have come out better if she had just apologized Mm -hmm. and spoke less but i think given how people become famous from the internet nowadays Mm -hmm. she saw this as yet another opportunity to capitalize and and get her name out there and it's out there i mean we didn't know who she was until this happened Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying what she did was right. Um, and I I would hope that. So my point with saying that this happened in May is that so you said this in May and then I don't know, two, two, three months later, it's brought to your attention that you said these things and that they're fucked up and, and apparent- you don't you don't stop and look at them and think, OK, why is this being brought up? Mm-hmm. If you're being, if you're a person who is being, like you're being given the feedback that what you just said was wrong, or is a uh, is you know negative for another person, you should stop and look up why it is that these people are saying that to you, just for like a second, just do it for one second. It might change your perspective just a little mm-hmm. bit. But she didn't do that. No, no. And so now she's apologizing, and I don't buy any of her, of her apology, Mm-mm. especially saying I'm young and I refuse to let something. Uh, define me if don't you, it's yeah. gonna define you for right now if you need to show us that you've changed if you're 20 years old today you should essentially have you have more knowledge and resources at your disposal 
than somebody who is older than you. Absolutely. So I think nowadays playing the I'm young and I didn't know any better card is bullshit. It doesn't it doesn't fly anymore. Use the same internet that you logged on to post your Mm -hmm. transphobic and your hateful transphobic comments on your Facebook, which actually the it again it's people it's these people who are saying things that are none of their business. If she's not like what what does a, a trans woman identifying as a woman where how does that affect her if she's not trans yeah why are you well, why are you using you're using al gore's internet for the wrong thing <laughs> and it's like just google something yeah. you know i mean and and apparently she made it wasn't just those two it was a few others that uh her friend cecilia jinx post uh screenshot and reposted on her own facebook basically calling her out cecilia is the whistleblower miss jinx you did it she's doing the lord's work and honestly i think that that disgusting behavior like this needs to be called out absolutely because she would have gone unchecked and she would have continued spewing hate on some form or another or you know maybe somewhere where it's not documented like on a runway or in a dressing room like you know like what is she gonna do she's confront you know like not confronted rather but finds herself you know, working the same runway or whatever as a trans model. Is she going to go up to her and start berating her and saying like, you're not a woman. Like, you know, your biological sex is not female. Cause that was one of her other posts. Right. And it's like, well, apparently after this all came out, she posted a photo with uh, the trans actor from euphoria. Oh, I didn't see that. And it, the caption was something like, Oh, we, we've been friends for a while. Something like that. Like, so <sighs> I don't know. I don't, clearly, yeah, you're young and you made a mistake and you don't want that mistake to define you, but you're allowing it to define you by continuing to open your mouth and say things and and essentially sound like you're defending your horrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Also, close your mouth and just listen. <laughs> your career is kind of like over, right? And like, you wow. might have had a, um, like a, a Hail Mary... I don't know why I'm into that because I don't like football, but she had a Hail Mary pass probably that she could have used when BuzzFeed um, asked to interview her about this. She demanded that they pay her. (laughs) And And they were like, no, thanks. We'll just make another listicle. Bye. And then, (laughs) no, but they said no. And then she called back and she's like, actually, I'll do it. And it's like, you want somebody to pay you to conduct an an interview with you that might, you know, help Take you deeper. Well, no, 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 <laughs> because they they were asking her all sorts of things, right. and and the questions were not, you know, they were um, giving her an opportunity to make up yeah. for the and bullshit. And so, she and caused. and so, her yeah. whole thing was like, oh, well, I'm not trans, but I know what a trans person goes through because I was flat chested and I had to put tissues in my bra. Like that's not the same thing. Yeah. It yes, it is a form of bullying. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But it is not the same it's not even thing. Close. Your life, like somebody was probably not looking to kill you because you were flat chested. Right. Like, let's get that straight. And that's the thing where it's like, if, if, you, if you stop taking selfies for a fucking minute, maybe you'll learn a thing or two. Right. Like I, I'm just it's, well. It's just so tired of this shit. Well, right. If I mean, also, if she had stopped. Assuming she knew what it was like to be trans, Mm -hmm. she could close her mouth for a second, open her ears, and, you know, maybe her 
her friend on Euphoria could talk to right? her about what it's like being a trans actor in today's world. Maybe she could Google something. Maybe she could read one of Janet Mock's books. You know, maybe she could watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like she could stand to learn a lot from watching. Um, I mean, as as horrible as it was, but the the that really old interview that Katie Couric did with mm. Jan, with uh, not Janet Mack. Oh my God, with um, Laverne Cox, Laverne and Cox Carrera. and Carmen Carrera. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know, as 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 little information as came out from that interview, I feel like that was a super important moment because it was one of the first times I remember a trans person being on TV and being like, no, you don't get to treat me like I'm, you know, a piece of meat. We're going to talk about my feelings and what I have to talk about. And you're going to remember that there are other people out there that are being murdered because they look the way I do, you know, like it's very, very infuriating. So hopefully she learned something, but also hopefully she unplugs her modem. She's just not. I mean, there's so many other things she said that like. You're not even talking into the mic. There's so many other things that she said that just, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh Like the only reason that the people who were criticizing her for her original comments would accept her as if she said she was trans. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. No, like none of this logic makes any sense. So if I say something racist and then tell everyone that I'm black, mm-hmm. that doesn't wash away the fact that I said something racist. No, It also she doesn't still, make any sense for me to then. Misunderstood. Right. Like, like you are misunderstood because you're making really odd choices. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I think she needs to unplug her modem and, and, and do some meditating. And also, I'm just going to end with this because I don't understand what this means. So maybe people can unravel this. So she said, everyone was saying my original... Talking to the microphone. Everyone said, everyone was saying my original comment was transphobic, but you can't expect everyone to know everything about a culture or movement if they never have taken the time to fully be educated on it. I'm definitely not transphobic. You don't need to be fully educated on it. You just need to go to www.google.com and just type in trans, mm-hmm. not even transgender, just trans five letters. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you got to do. And you will have, you will be greeted with so many, you could even, you could even hit the, um, I don't know if it's still there. Cause you know, are you lady, feeling lucky? Are you feeling lucky and just get the first result? I think it's still there. You, you only have to press one just click the mouse. Mm-hmm. Just fact, click the mouse. She's on a she's on a an, on a, a a gateway PC at home, logging on. I mean, honestly, based <laughs> on her comments, I feel like she is because like, but with, also with like, one of those giant spaceship looking keyboards. You know the one, the know. one that's like ergonomic. Oh my god, the Logitech. Yeah, that looked like a piano. Yeah, and and her mouse has a one of those giant balls on oh, it. Those are the worst. I never understood those. I know. I think, um, I think they were for um like for uh, Photoshop mm-hmm. types. Anyway, type I just shame on her. I, like <laughs> honestly, ugh, I don't know. I want to understand me off. her logic. I, I want to understand why she thought that her saying something transphobic would be washed away if everyone found out that she was trans. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It highlights another issue. Yeah, I think, but it doesn't wash it away. Mm-mm. I, you know, honestly, I don't often say this, but the BuzzFeed article is actually very interesting because it's just her, like, I don't know, saying things that she's heard or read and putting them together in the most bizarre way to get herself out of this pickle. Weird. 
Yeah. She does she does tweet from a, a gateway PC probably. Mm. The other article and what's interesting about the very rarely does this happen where Daniel and I will read something separately and then like meet in the living room, like, you know, as if it's the scene from uh the parent trap where mm-hmm. uh the two girls are putting their parents' photo together. Um, but this happened with this article. So um there's a there's an article that was published on Queerty by Jeremy Helliger that is f- like blaming all of the problems that I guess most men have in in gay spaces on the fact that non men are M- there. most gay men gay men sorry gay men gay have men. but specifically ugh, this makes me so angry yeah <laughs> like. I like honestly, like fuck you. Yeah. Like fuck you, Jeremy Helliger, and your well, like fuck Queerty for posting this. He wrote it. No, I'm saying fuck them yeah. for posting it. Like honestly, Two. like fuck them both. St- okay, hold on, because I can't just say fuck you without. No, tell us. You tell know. us why we're angry. Like <laughs> his basic. Okay, so. His article was lamenting the, quote, good old days when gay bars were practically 100% boy zones. Now, that comment alone, like, makes my skin crawl. First of all, good old days is far too close to good old boys, the boys club, like... Well, but you know, that's what he's talking about. I know, but that's just it. And and, and a boy zone. And it's a hundred percent like all of that is just very um uh um exclusive exclusionary. Ex- thank you. Exclusionary language. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's talking about how at first he didn't like it back in the 90s when certain places were like men only and gay men only because like he couldn't get in you know he couldn't bring his friends who were a, a, a male and female couple in with him to a bar aka right? when it was inconvenient for him exactly so they went somewhere else that was more welcoming to a diverse crowd what everybody i think nowadays is 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 like longing for diverse inclusionary spaces let's stop separating one another and excluding one another because it is not just gay i mean it never has just been gay and lesbian but now that we've you know it's taken all this time to acknowledge this spaces are becoming more mixed and i honestly feel that we're the better for it you know like why why fine it's a gay bar but like it's supposed to be a safe space. So why can't it be a safe space for anybody who wants to come in and be respectful of it? Right. That's that's the other thing, right? I under like he makes some other points. Um like when he talks about messy bachelorette parties and the women doing the I'm too sexy dance where pushing occurs. And it's like, but what does that even mean? I don't know, because you're you're like like messy bachelorette parties bulldozing their way to the bartender fine but what about all the messy gay men in the middle of the night bulldozing their way to the bartender so you're not or he rather wasn't saying you know straight women and straight men who come to our spaces and are disrespectful it was women in our spaces 
Right. So that make, I, he was like, making a blanket statement where there's a double standard. Mm-hmm. So if it had been a messy gay man who was pushing through the dance floor, he mm-hmm. probably would have been okay with it because well, like it, at least they could have made out. Yeah. And it's a gay space. And it's like, honestly, as a gay man, I hate that shit. I don't like anybody being messy in a bar. And I know that that's like, uh, you know, me wanting too much because it's a bar, but it's like, I don't care who you are or who you know what gender you identify with or your sexuality or any of that i just i feel like when people get out of control regardless they're annoying Mm -hmm. so how is it like oh well you know this woman shouldn't be here so if she's messy it's even worse it's like but well, if it if she's messy, it creates a convenient argument Thank for you. this there guy. Yeah. That's basically Thank you. that's what I'm trying to say. It just I I don't like language like this. I don't I don't like what this conveys. You know, it, it's it's um like this article should have been written in the early 2000s. Right. Well, you know? he starts off talking about physical spaces, and then he transitions to talking about grinder exactly and how. Uh, the um, how trans trans folks are crowding. What did what did he say? Crowding the something. He said here, trans women and the gender fluid now crowd the grid in many cities, looking for action. Oh, okay. Like what? Why does that? What, what, why does like, that affect you? What other apps? Like honestly, it's just like. I mean, he also says you know that gay culture has been less exclusively about gay men, and it's like. I would say that queer, like, you know, queer culture has been less exclusively about queer people because straight people are fetishizing it and corporations want to profit off of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. But that's not what he's but saying. But you're changing his words. Exactly. exactly. Like, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm putting it into a context that I think is not only acceptable, but correct. This is like your and, and it's, it's a specific thing where it's like gay men gay men but exactly everything you just read is exactly what he's trying to tell us Mm -hmm. he misses the days when you talked about you talked about queer culture but you were specifically talking about gay white men Uh with abs that didn't have any hair on them Mm -hmm. like that was that's what he misses yeah he wants that back he is Mm -hmm. a he is a maga for gays that's what Ah! he wants my gays Make America gay again with but, a little asterisk next to it. That's like only white and hairless, like very that. Uh, that's what this whole article is. Stop it. And th- the thing about it is like your so so Jeremy, your perspective was very clear the whole time, and then at the end, he's like, "Oh well, I'm not transphobic and I'm not heterophobic," and it's like, "Okay, transphobic, yes." heterophobic is your business because i really don't give a shit but definitely transphobic definitely you're definitely afraid of the other that's what i get from this and i also am going to venture to guess that on both grinder and maybe at your favorite what was it the peel this is favorite gay club mm-hmm. i'm going to venture to guess that you were rejected in both locations and that you took a look around and decided to point at your nearest non-white gay man and blame it on them just mm-hmm. as just i'm just gonna guess yeah. i just feel like that's what, also, what happened I, I feel like he is also blaming um trans women and straight men who are on grinder for his rejections as well because oh, because right. he also says that he gets so bummed out by uh cute you know cute profiles saying trans only or no men and um 
how, you know, homophobic straight men routinely reject gay men and why should we now have to deal with them shunning us on Grindr, which was initially intended as our meeting space. And it's like, hold on. Our, like, Grindr is a hookup app. Like, also, Grindr is owned by a homophobe. Yeah. Why are you uplifting it all of a sudden? Like, as of two years ago, it's been owned by this homophobic douchebag. So, like, let it burn and we come up with something better. Right. Like, the, the and, and the thing is, it's like, okay, so what? A trans woman goes on Grindr because she probably feels safe connecting with people on Grindr. Right. Why would we take that away from them or even try to? Why, right. if a straight man who is interested in trans women is like, oh, they're on Grindr? I'm going to head over there because I'm going to find the type of person that I'm into. I don't see anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with like, that. Like, I'm sure that this same person doesn't have a problem with no fats, no femmes, no Asians. I mean... Right. Like, because you're... you're Because I, you know, honestly, if I had been writing this article and I was like, man, all these, like, trans women and straight guys on Grindr really, like, chap my ass and, you know, saying trans only and no men, I... To, to save my own ass, I would say, you know, the same goes for people who are exclusionary in other ways here they are but you don't put that caveat in there and i think that that's necessary because i think that there are far more uh dangerous uh exclusionary practices that are being uh uh utilized utilized by grinder users absolutely i mean i haven't you know got almost 10 years now i haven't even looked at it but it's like i i like this just bothers me well, so much. I don't know about you, but as a, a, a gay person of size, I never felt welcome on Grinder. I signed up and opened it maybe twice. Yeah. I went to Scruff because it was like friendly and it seemed, you know, and it was friendly, actually. Right. That's how we met. Right. You know, I just, it, this, this whole article made me, I'm probably making too much of it. I, I don't even know. It just makes me. It made me un- so uncomfortable. Well, the the reason it made me uncomfortable is because of the the way that it was it was framed by Queerty is like, oh, here is this opinion piece that is so important that you know we sent you a little notification on your phone so you can read it, and it's like, why are you publishing? Why why aren't you reading the shit that you publish? Because mm-hmm. this is so clearly not progressive in its perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't care that it's a uh, it's an opinion piece. Yeah. This is toxic and our community doesn't mm-hmm. need it so throw it in the trash. Like what why are we doing this? Why are we doing this still? Also this okay, so two more things. Well, I guess two more things. Wait a minute. Let me see what else did he do. <sighs> okay. The other one. There's no way to screen out straight something grinder unfortunately. He gets messages ask uh, who say they aren't gay, but they want somebody to worship their cock, and others are on there hoping to work out their sexuality issues while their girlfriends are out of town. Yeah, and what are you looking for on Grinder? Like, like some worshiping people, a guy's cock and helping a guy work out his sexuality. That sounds like a great time. But also, there especially are, for Grinder, some people are into that. So if you're not into it, then don't move respond, on. Right? Move on. Like, it isn't like if if Grinder is supposed to be this this you know smorgasbord of a grid of of people who you can talk with, create a community with, fuck whatever you want to do, then. If somebody messages you because they think you're cute 
and they want you to worship their cock and you don't want to, then say, eh, no thanks. Listen. Like, leave them on red. Grinder is a buffet. And like all buffets, if you spend time standing at the salad bar complaining about cold shrimp, you're not going to see that there's hot food waiting for you over here. So just mm-hmm. walk away from the fucking salad bar and press the little back button so you can see all mm-hmm. the little squares again and pick somebody else. It's really not that hard. It's really not that hard. And then there's another thing that he says that really like pisses me off because I feel like this is a very um, separate but equal type of thing. And it says here... <clears throat> This is not me giving into heterophobia or transphobia, but the proliferation of trans women and trans chasers on hookup apps can sometimes be an unwelcome reminder of the heterocentric world we're supposed to be escaping. Oh, okay. How, Jeremy? How? How? If you're talking about trans women who are not, you know, essentially not a part of the heterocentric view, and then men who, I mean, also trans chaser, like, honestly, can we get past that as well? Like... Like, honestly, all he needed to do was put, you know, an NY instead of S, and we're back to where we started. Exactly. Okay? Um, Okay, so he said that. Then he goes, I love that transgender people are more visible in everyday life, and I welcome trans men to the grid with an open mind. Great. No, you don't. Thank you. No, you don't, you fucking liar. for that. Like, idiot. However, I wish trans women and the men who lust for them exclusively, especially the men who lust... I, he can't even write properly. Blah. Oh, I think he was like, you know, he doesn't want trans chasers, especially not trans chasers on Grinder, would fulfill their fantasies somewhere else. I mean, whatever. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. Like a fan. Like, so what are you doing on Grinder? You're yeah. fulfilling some sort of fantasy girl. Yeah. Like, so, so trans men are okay. See, this is the thing. It is misogyny. Mm-hmm. Like it just enough. Like why? Like why do we hate women so much? Why do we hate them that much? And on top of that, we you want this conversation. Women? We had this conversation the other day about the 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 notion of like a gold star gay. I think it was actually when we were at the airport because the fucking flight attendant oh, in the plane right. was talking about how he was a gold star, how he was a gold star gay, and his uh, husband or boyfriend was a um like a platinum no a bronze gay yeah he was a bronze gay and then when i didn't, you know. I didn't and, know there were tears when you and i were in the cab or something on the way home i was telling you about it and you're like yeah it's like those people say they're platinum gays and i'm like what the fuck is a platinum gay right it's it's the the notion that if you were not uh if your birth was not vaginal you are then a like a platinum gay or something and i'm just like why do we hate women so much what is that? It's just like get. Ugh. Ugh. I fucking hate it. I don't. I don't like it at all. And I don't, I, and I don't and, like and Jeremy. You know what? And and in the same vein as like you know, let's get rid of Gold Star Gay and all that shit. No mussy, no bussy, no boy pussy. I'm so tired of that. Yeah. Like it's because it's just disrespectful well, and it's degrading. I don't know. But anyway, I just like I lately I'm just like stop, just stop stop yeah with that and jeremy stop stop writing throw your computer in the toilet just stop and you know you know turn like create your own club jeremy spoken sorry that really i didn't realize how upset i was about that. well remember what i said at the beginning how we had a had a, a parent trap moment about this article 
we literally, I think we both finished reading it and then went to the other one and was like, did you see this fucking article? Yeah, it was very, it was very that. We were very upset. Uh, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, uh, we've got some keto corner for you and we're so excited. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and this just in. <laughs> we found out during the break that uh our friend jeremy from the last segment is actually black what a surprise that was the plot twist i was not expecting because i could have sworn that was was a very white perspective that that article provided but you know read it read it for yourself and get upset just like we did um before we get into mm. our keto corner and we talk about what we're so excited about I found a, this cute little article that I feel is terrifying. Um, <laughs> there is a Pennsylvania man who has an emotional support alligator. Follow me. I, th- I think I think animals are lovely, and I am quite the supporter of animals. <sighs> but alligators, I feel, don't have the best history with humans. If I, if I alligator is really cute. Um, the alligator's name is Wally and he (laughs) loves hugs and, um, and he's been helping this man, uh, this Pennsylvania man named Joe Henny, (laughs) Joe Henny, um, he's been helping him with his depression, which I think is great. Um, just, uh, I guess don't get too close. I don't know. It's, I mean, I mean the photo they're snuggling on the couch. I love it. Yeah. This is very Al Bundy snuggling with a, Mm -hmm. like a toy alligator looks well, like and, and they do meet and greets with like people at the senior home yeah he takes him for um uh, he takes wally for a walk and and um i don't know i don't know there's some some doesn't feel right about this i had a friend who had a pet alligator growing up and they used to snuggle they would walk around the house and pet the alligator and feed the alligator like it was a dog and then the alligator would go back to the bathtub where it lived and there was no like it wasn't nope. like when people try to domesticate a monkey, for example. Nope, it never happened. They they also had a bunch of cats, and th- they all got along. I mean, the alligator they never went missing. No, the alligator at one point got too big. Like it just it became unsafe for the alligator to you know like live in the home because there was there wasn't enough space uh-huh. to to house him. So they sent him to a zoo in France. Okay, but yeah, I, I mean, as far as I know, she never had any any issues with the alligator. I just I wonder what the alligator eats in France. Is it maybe cats? <laughs> Not cat food. I mean, th- this alligator would eat cat food. Really? Yeah, because they had cats. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, it's a it's a very sweet story. I think. I mean, you know, I just I don't know if I could trust. Okay, 
don't get me wrong. I am. We are animal lovers. We have a turtle who shows me zero affection. <clears throat> and Daniel gets all the affection because he feeds her. Uh, I'm just more likable. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, although she has been more affectionate with me lately. So that's nice. Uh, but Yeah, because I made you interact with her. Yes. But I still don't trust her because she will like she'll swim over to me and I'll pet her and all this stuff. But I can see the look in her eyes where she's like, that finger looks delicious. And I'm just like, I got to go. Thanks. Thanks for coming over, though. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> um, but I love her just the same. I don't she's want anything bad to happen. To make sure you're still alive. That's her. all. Yeah. I mean, her, her beak has gotten really hard, but anyway, mm-hmm. my point with that is like, I trust that our turtle will not bite me. And yet I'm worried for this man. At this well, but the thing is like, if you keep the alligator fed, it's like those sharks we saw in Las Vegas, right? They're in a tank with a bunch of beautiful, plump, juicy looking tropical fish, mm-hmm. but they're not attacking them. Why? Because they are fed on a regular schedule, so they don't have to think about where their food is coming from. Mm. Like when, you know, I mean, it's, and I feel like, you know, if, if like, yeah, people don't go out there and like capture an alligator and try to domesticate the damn thing. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that to don't the do alligator. Don't do that to any animal. Okay. Like go adopt something from a shelter so they don't kill them anyway yes i just i think this is really interesting because it's like one of those stories where you see like a a cat and a bird cohabitating or something like that but i think it's you know if this man is taking care of this alligator and feeding it and you know like it's not going to it, it can suppress some of those more primal instincts because he he has somehow domesticated this alligator to a certain extent. Right. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's a cute alligator. Mm-hmm. It was a cute story. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> it lightened the mood. Lightened the mood. So what do we have in this week's Keto Corner? Robert? So Keto Corner this week, we are going to talk about readjusting to keto after taking a break when we were in Vegas. And so one of the things prior to our vacation that I was concerned about was I wanted to be able to enjoy all of the foods that we were, you know, that we were going to be eating without worrying about getting sick. Mm -hmm. Because one of the, one of my problems is that if we're, you know, if we're following keto and I decide that I want to have sushi, for example, I end up getting really bad, uh, like leg cramps. And so... I I did a lot of research and I figured out that it was attributed to uh, a lack of electrolytes. And, and so I boosted my electrolytes while we were there, which we needed to do anyway mm-hmm. because of the weather. Um, and so we actually didn't have or I should say I didn't have any issues while we were out there. I suspect because we were a lot more physically active while we were out there than we are mm-hmm. when we're home. Yeah. So, um, but we jumped right back into keto as soon as we got back and it was interesting to see. So one of the things that we experienced when we started this journey with keto was the keto flu. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was, you know, a a big part of it was that we didn't understand what we were getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. And so we were not boosting our electrolytes the way that you need to when you start the keto diet. And so I had a different, I had the keto flu. I just didn't experience stuff from like the electrolyte perspective, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I had some headaches and stuff, but um, 
for the most part, I was okay. I had, I did have some stomach issues. Mm-hmm. See, I had more stomach issues in Las Vegas than when we came back because well, <coughs> I convinced myself that my body was so ketofied that it was just, I was eating the gluten and it was like, get out, get out, get out. And I just didn't absorb it because I only gained three pounds. Wow. I just, it, I, I was surprised actually because I thought I would have gained like 10 or 15 pounds. I think we were both surprised by yeah. how little weight we gained. Um, but you know, when you're walking seven miles to get to a bathroom, uh, <laughs> like, I, I feel like we were burning off all the bad food before it got a chance to like do whatever it needed to because we absolutely were. I, like you said, I, I didn't feel it either. I mean, I was tired, but not. You know, not like when we've gone off keto at home and had like a slice of pizza and, you know, it's like a really like gluten-y bread sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, it basically makes me feel like I haven't taken my medicine that day, mm. which is like a terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, but adjusting back to it was kind of fun. Like meal prepping, it's like, oh, we're in control of our meals. Yeah. Um, although there were some things that I really enjoyed. That. Yes. Yeah, and you can revisit our episode with Favi where we talked about all mm-hmm. the food we ate in Vegas. God, what I wouldn't do for a bulgogi chimi, uh, chimichanga right now. Oh, I, could, I have been thinking about that. I could fuck up some Spam Musubi with a fried egg in it Oh, right about now. With that roasted sweet chili hot sauce? Yes. God oh. almighty, I wish they had sold that stuff. They should. Mm. I think that's the that was probably the plan for, uh, for them. Was there anything we ate after... We like when we started venturing out on our own, that was really, really good that we didn't get to talk about. Oh, I finally had good eggs Benedict, which I don't know why I was like determined to find good eggs Benedict. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I was at the, the was it the Wicked Spoon we went to at the Wynn. I think I had good eggs Benedict. We never went to the Wynn, not, not for dinner. The Wicked Spoon was at the Cosmo. Oh, at the Cosmo. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot where it was. They all, like, honestly, that those three hotels, like, run together for me. Um, I was very underwhelmed I by the Wicked Spoon. I knew you were. It was, it was a tiny <gasps> bit underwhelmed. Oh, my God. <gasps> Jesus Christ. You scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Um, no, their, uh, their Eggs Benedict was really good. I have to say the desserts. The desserts at the Wicked oh. Spoon were. That they, they had this little chocolate-covered... Oh tiny miniature chocolate covered waffle cone that had crunchy like pearlized bits with a vanilla cream and then under the vanilla cream was a raspberry cream so like yeah that was fucking amazing and all their desserts were like that where it was sweet but then would end with something tart so it was like refreshing and you went through all the emotions loved it I wanted to start with the desserts at the Wicked Spoon, and I didn't, and I should have listened Mm -hmm. to my The bourbon bread pudding was phenomenal. I mean, all of the desserts that we had at the Wicked Spoon, like, that's where that buffet shines. Because we had heard everyone talk Mm -hmm. about how amazing the Wicked Spoon was. Even Favi told us that when it first opened, he was like, I went, and it was expensive, but it was Mm -hmm. worth it. And so we figured we would try it. We went there Mm -hmm. for lunch. And the food was not great. I thought the food was I not thought, great. I thought it was great. I, I mean, I also feel like, you know, for lunch or brunch, I'm like, okay, well, you're getting like more run-of-the-mill things. And I feel like they make it more special at night for there dinner. There was nothing run-of-the-mill about any of the stuff that they had out there. We're talking about, okay, the fried chicken, which that was, was good. way too salty. Uh, they had, um, oh my God, what is that called? Uh, 
the the stuff with the bone, the bone marrow. Oh, the bone marrow. Yes. You said that was pretty good. I didn't get to taste that. It was very good, but nothing run of the mill about bone marrow. I mean, I feel like most of the things are run of the mill. They had a weird macaroni and cheese that actually wasn't terrible. Oh, I didn't taste that. And I think it had, um, I think it had like frosted flavor or like, um, what is that like called? Panko breadcrumbs or something? It wasn't panko. It was this? What's that cereal that people use to fry sometimes? Not frosted flakes. Cornflakes. Cornflakes. Thank you. Ooh, that's good. It was. It was interesting. That sounds yummy. It was definitely interesting, but pretty much everything else I ate there was just like, you know, hmm. disappointing. I was ex- I was excited. I was like, let's you know, mm-hmm. let's go have our Gordon Ramsay fantasy or whoever you know. Where else? I mean. Well, yeah, I I don't know because I, I like the last two days were I was just so tired that well we went know. to the we went to the Wicked Spoon and then I think right after that we went to Jean Philippe for uh, macarons. Oh, those were yummy. Those were really those good. those are really good. And they have a chocolate fountain that has four different types of chocolate. You can't eat them; it's an art installation. But it's a really like nice, like actually kind of calm thing to do. Yes, because like you can eat your you know have your coffee and. Whatever you're getting there, because you can have like a whole meal there too, mm-hmm. uh, kind of set away from mm-hmm. everybody else. I thought mm-hmm. that was a nice little like breather. Yeah, honestly, I mean the conservatory at the Bellagio was amazing, which is where Jean Philippe is. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. The Lake of Dreams at at the at the Win was really fun. Um, you well, should go see it. We're talking about food. Oh, we're talking about food. I'm sorry, yes, I got we're distracted. Talking about food. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. We I went mean, to the buffet at the Palms, which was another was thing nice. I really wanted to do. Yeah. And um, that wasn't as bad, but I felt like it was comparable. As I said on the episode where it we talked about... It was some of the best service we've gotten, too. Sure. any of the buffets we went to. Sure. As I said on the episode that we did with Favi, I feel like if you left the strip, you got you got pretty much like better... You got better food for less money. And mm-hmm. I would say, in comparison, we paid like half for... Half of what we paid for the Wicked Spoon um, is what we ended up paying for dinner at the Palms yep. when we went to the buffet and the food was better, I yeah. thought. so It was actually. It was a yeah. lot better. Um, mm. So yeah, Keto Corner. We're back to... Sorry, I, got, I went all <laughs> over the place. Um, We're back to doing keto. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get us excited about some stuff. How do you feel about that? I've, I'm so excited. It's time for I'm So Excited. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Me siento muy excited! <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about this week? Well, so, uh, long shot. It's our first item. Give Ooh. me a long shot. Long All right, shot. let's just not. Stop, 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 stop. Adrenaline. I'm unplugging you. You didn't unplug me. Are you done? Go ahead. Take it away. Long shot, uh, which is a movie that uh, shut up, Robert. That <laughs> that stars Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Um, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I was like, let's watch it anyway. I really enjoyed it. Why didn't you think you were going to like it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I was just kind of like, eh. I don't know. Lately, I've been like that about a lot of movies. I'm just like. Okay. Did you like, see Seth Rogen and think, oh, it's going to be a, bu- a broy movie about a bunch of fart n- jokes? No, I just, I, I just, um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I didn't know what I was expecting. I just kind of wasn't interested. But 
it was it was really a lot of fun and mm-hmm. like just a really solid rom com. Absolutely. I thought like I haven't seen a rom com I've liked that much in a really long time. Yeah. Because I think it was just a great balance of like all sorts of stuff and including stuff that you're like, oh yeah, right. Like that would never happen. But you're still like, yay, you know? It was fun. It was a good time. And it was there were there were a lot of fun moments in the mm-hmm. movie. I had a I really I had been wanting to watch that movie for a while and we just never had the time and so Yeah. We found it this weekend. Also, I didn't know that Charlize Theron could be so funny. Oh yeah, she's really funny. Like I, I mean, I, I in her acting anyway. Like I, I've seen her talk and you know make like appearances on talk shows, and she's hilarious. But that doesn't necessarily translate to being a like a funny actor. Yeah. And I thought that she like that one, you know, where she's like sleeping, standing up with her eyes open. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Like it was really good. So go watch it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing we're excited about this week is the YouTube channel called Pinche Nancy. <laughs> and so Pinche Nancy is another keto YouTuber who is making all of these Mexican dishes keto, basically. So she's got a great recipe. And we haven't tried any of the recipes yet. We will throw her into the keto corner once we have tried some of her recipes. But from the looks of her YouTube videos, I'm very, very excited. She has a recipe for corn tortillas, which are obviously not made with corn because you can't have corn on keto. But she claims that the flavor is very close to mm-hmm. the corn tortillas that we're all used yeah. to. And they sure do look like, like when she took the stack and was just like flipping through them, like they looked and behaved like corn tortillas as well. Right. And well, wasn't there like this, tortillas period? Because yeah. That's, that's another struggle with, there was uh, a man who, tortillas. who like tried out her recipe and it looked great. And he even like made tortilla chips from them. Well, so does she. Yeah. She has a whole video where mm-hmm. she makes chilaquiles and she just cuts up the tortilla and then yeah. makes uh, keto chips or um, uh, tortilla chips. From I it. really want to try her churro cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Because that looks amazing. I love that it is, for the most part, a Spanish language keto channel. Yes. Which is amazing because she only recently started doing like a video in Spanish and a video in English for the same one. Right. Which even more because I'm like, oh, now we're bilingual. Mm-hmm. Like... I love that there's that representation because I haven't seen that so far in our keto journey. There has been diversity in terms of, you know, race and, and things like that, but not language. Mm, interesting. So I like that a lot. The the guy who um the guy who like redid the recipe or whatever, like did the recipe, mm-hmm. he does uh he does his videos in English and French. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I told you there's a another YouTuber, I'm forgetting his name. I think it's Tim Talks. Yeah, that's um, the the guy we watched. He has a recipe for keto poutine that I think is made with I don't know, turnip fries. He has like a combination of different root vegetables that are low carb that he uses to make keto poutine. Hmm. And so a lot of his recipes including the the one that he borrowed from Pinche Nancy, mm-hmm. who he got permission from. Um I love that he put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. He does it in English and in French, so Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited to try out her stuff. Um, so check her out again. The YouTube channel is Pincha Nancy mm-hmm. and she's a lot of fun, very high energy. And, um, and hopefully the recipes are good because we're going to try them. Yeah. And 
Oh my god. Dun, 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 dun. So this is my gift to you, Robert, because I brought it into your life, and it is my present to you. Queen Latifah announced that she is going to be playing Ursula in The Little Mermaid live on television. Yay! Yay. And she looks fucking amazing. I mean, duh. Like, duh. Nails, hair, makeup. <sighs> like, Robert, you got the Ursula you wanted. You're welcome. I made it happen. Oh my God, shut up. I, I spoke to the TV gods for you. Congratulations, Queen Latifah. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch you do this. I couldn't believe it. I, when it popped up on, on Instagram, I was like, oh, somebody photoshopped Queen Latifah. Move and then I was like, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, Queen Latifah posted that. Mm-hmm. Like 35 minutes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, amazing. Hashtag Team Sea Witch. I'm so excited. That is that is her, her, her hashtag. The only thing I think that could make this any better is if somehow they figured out a way to sneak in a performance of Come Into My House with her dressed as Ursula, I would <gasps> li- I would die. I would live. I would die if she did that. Amazing. That's so appropriate. Right? As as Ariel enters, she's like, Don't make know. me wait. Come into my house. Give me body. Like, that's Ursula right there. I hope they, that have, is I hope that they have some sort of voguing moment for her like they did in... In The Wiz. In The Wiz, because that was amazing wow so this will make two of these like live tv things that she's been in yeah i think like honestly like okay but like why why didn't they cast her in the movie like come on well they have not officially announced ursula Ursula yet. yet yes melissa mccarthy's in talks but nothing has officially been announced yet i mean by the time we we post this episode it'll probably happen i mean it's great she's like my phone background she's amazing like she looks great she looks great i'm i'm really excited i'm really really excited for this um i want to see i'm curious them doing it live how they're going to make the the tentacles happen or if they're going to use like the broadway you know have her on like roller skates or something can queen latifah skate i wouldn't want that insurance liability i wouldn't want that either and I want as many celebrities in this thing as possible. Oh my God, what if she's so. on a Segway under there? No, 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 and no. Or she's just like strapped to the stage and the stage just has like tracks and she moves. What if they did it half underwater? That would be weird. But some, I some love Cirque du Soleil it. shit. Yeah, give me some Cirque du Soleil shit for Queen Latifah and O. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that would be scary. Her coming up out of that pool. Mm-hmm. Completely dry somehow. Give us French clown. Now. <laughs> i'm so excited for this yeah me too i'm really i love i love when i'm interested in these because when they started doing these like live musicals on nbc mm-hmm. they were doing shows like shows i didn't care about yeah i'm like, curious what, was the one what they did with carrie underwood i don't know i know they did peter pan once and i don't care about that and then there was um oh my god the movie that we watched everyone's like oh my god you've never seen that the one with the sound of music Ugh. yeah I don't know if we talked about that, but we did not we have, like I did the sound of music. No, I like, mean on the podcast. I, I think we, we have. I, everybody tell I don't like it. They're like, <gasps> and I'm like, I just like, I didn't get, I like ah, this, that movie honestly looked like Julie Andrews auditioning for Mary, but like, I was surprised that that came after Mary Poppins. With the sound of gas. No, don't do it. Please stop it. <gasps> oh my God. And those children were insufferable. I No. Yeah. No. 
Um, I put us into the the lottery for Moulin Rouge again this week. Oh, so be prepared to have to go to a show after work. Ugh, someday this week. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited to hear Queen Latifah sing "Poor Unfortunate Souls" because that's the test. I forgot about that. And can she get the spell right? Because that a lot of people who sing that song live cut that part out completely. Really? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dare. Not for the because this is going to be this is a Disney production. Whereas this is the Broadway version on television, they're going. I feel like they're going to stick to whatever happened on the stage, and the movie is going to try and replicate what happened in the original. But is cartoon. that because I don't? I didn't read that it's going to be like an adaptation of the Broadway show. Typically, when they do these. Uh, when they when they do these TV versions of mm-hmm. musicals, they're looking at the stage play, not or the stage um, version, not the like movie or was whatever. Was the Wiz ever a stage? Version? Yes, it was on Broadway. Oh my God, you're right. It was. Come I for, on. I forget them. So, I forget on. these things. And the the tornado is really beautiful because it's this oh. whole like. I am not a Broadway queen. You know that. Yeah, well, I don't know. About they did things. the year before I was a freshman at my high school. They did The Wiz. And I used to work for my theater teacher and she had a VHS copy of it. And I remember watching it and it was really pretty the way that they did mm-hmm. the um, the tornado at the beginning of it. So I just hope it can live up to um, to rent, you know, because <gasps> that was such you. a was such a wonderful production. How dare you? <laughs> Me! Okay. Oh, I let's wrap this wait. up. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. We're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can be sure to follow us there. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe <gasps> on iTunes and Spotify. So Cha-cha-cha. until next Go ahead. It's these big shoes. They just step all over you this episode. Yeah. Uh, So until next time. Bye. Did you get the reference with the ding dong in the last episode?